So welcome to our first round of podcasts, which are taking place here at the Biscuit Factory. Um, behind us is Higher Space, um, where we're conducting our interviews. I'm here with Josh, and we will be interviewing the hearts and souls out of these guys and girls. Have a listen to each of our interviews. We'll be releasing them on a weekly basis. So you've got an entire podcast series of all our DJs and musicians this episode, we are interviewing our most bodacious DJ, the uh, quite brilliant Billy Gonzalez. Um, so, yeah, come on in and have a listen. So, Billy Gonzalez, welcome. Good to have a little one-on-one, well, one to several. Uh, this afternoon with you at Higher Space Headquarters. Good to be here, it's a nice space. It is indeed. Um, so we're just going to run through a few very basic questions with you, sort of dig a little bit into your personality, how you roll and um, your connection with the music world. Sure. So, first of all, a really hard one for you, what is your current stage name? I am Billy Gonzalez, <laughs> the one and only. Excellent, excellent. Where does that name come from? Well, um, I'm half English, half Spanish, so my actual name is not that far from it. But I wanted to come up with something with a bit of an anonymity to me, and um, also something quite fun. And uh, Billy Gonzalez was something that my brother came up with, and uh, it follows in that tradition of solid house heavyweights like Sandy Rivera, David Morales, um, Roger Sanchez, and so on. And I also thought maybe sometimes people will shorten it to Billy G, which is fine too, because <laughs> you know it's a classic Michael Jackson song that always works. Um, some people might call me Billy the Kid, but less and less these days. <laughs> I think I've outgrown that. <laughs> Billy Gonzalez, as the DJ, what, st- what style or genre do you play, and how would you sort of describe mm, your style, style to the outside person? Well, my style is quite versatile because it really depends where and when I'm playing. Sometimes it'll be quite chilled out to start with, but I suppose my mainstay is a warm and vibrant house music, which kind of blends influences of disco, soul, funk from the 70s, electronic synthesizers and vocals from the 80s, some rave elements from the 90s, and it just moves right through with the sort of dance classics we've had since then through the noughties and to present day. Just picking all the, all the best parts. All then. the best, yeah, exactly. Perfect, perfect. All the prime ingredients. <laughs> so, going back in time now, um, tell us a bit about how you got into production and DJing um, and what your sort of earliest experiences of the whole concept was. Well, I've always been musical, so at school I was singing in the choir and <laughs> embarrassing, but yeah, once upon a time. Uh, I played in the orchestra, a couple of instruments, my brother was in a band, and I used to record music off of the radio, buy CDs and put little mixtapes together, just for my own pleasure and my mates. And then uh, my brother took me to Ibiza when I was 18 and I graduated from high school. And just being there in that element with these big rooms of pounding music and everyone sort of grooving to the same rhythm with 
one DJ behind the decks. It, it kind of inspired me when I came back to start buying vinyl. And then I saw some of my friends had decks at uni, so I, I just had a look at what they were doing them, asked them a few questions, and practiced myself and took it from there, really. Um, As you do. And the sort of clubbing experiences that you've had um, in the sort of lead up to the DJ side of stuff, can you tell us a bit about those? Yeah, um, sure. How they happened and what got you into what the clubbing side? I would uh, blame my brother for that. I suppose I did go to a few under 18 garage parties on my own with my mates, <laughs> but uh, there was no drinking, so the dancing was maybe a little better but a bit nervous and then my brother took me to Ibiza and when I came back I had just got the taste for it and we used to go to the cross once a month for Sirius and then I'd start going to turnmills and pretty much it was twice a weekend every weekend looking for our favorite artists and following our mates from one uh, promotion to another. Excellent, excellent. Um... Again, digging into your past, um, what was your first musical purchase Ooh. and what was the format of it? First musical purchase. First of many, because I have spent most of my student loan on <laughs> records. So if I look back, it would have been Never Letting Go by Tina Moore. Okay. Do you know that one? I think so. I'll sing it to you later. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> Maybe when the camera stops. Well. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, but was it? What was the format of it? Was it uh, CD, tape? I would vinyl? have got it on CD and tape, just so oh. I could have it in the car and have it at home. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it came with a couple of remixes, but there was just the one that I used to play. That was my tune. Excellent. I might play it for you later, actually, as an update. May as well. Hmm. May as well. Add it in there. Nice remix has come out. Excellent. Um, we've sort of covered this in asking you about what kind of music you play and your style. Mm -hmm. um, but do you ever accept open format gigs? Sure. Yeah, I'm open-minded and I like a lot of different music. So it can be quite fun to arrive somewhere without too much of a set structure in mind and you sort of try a few things out with people and see what's working and if you've got the uh, the right timing you can do the transitions it's nice to move around and keep people interested and maybe bring some people in to the dance floor who've been a bit yeah. sidelined at different points yeah and on those sorts of gigs how do you manage when when you get asked for 20 different tracks which don't mix in one to the other at all? Well, I like to engage with the people who are there <laughs> to a certain extent. You know, I, I can't be taking requests non-stop because I've got to focus on what I'm doing as well. But I think talking to the people and, and getting a few ideas is a good thing. And you will not be able to please everyone all of the time, but I do my best. And some people have some great ideas. Sometimes you just need to think, that's really not gonna work right now, that's just too much of a shift. So you, you load it up somewhere else and you park it for later. And they'll come back to you after six songs and, and be quite happy that you played it at that moment because they can see that was, you know what you're doing really. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so 
you've been going for what 15 plus years now yeah my calculations yep, 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 um, yep. bring us back to your first ever gig um, okay. what happened a lot of people would probably say it was a house party but my first gig outside of my bedroom <laughs> would have been at the charter house bar which is pretty close to fabric so it's in that sort of zone uh, people might go there for a warm-up before fabric and I was very keen on playing very excited and I bought far more records than I would have been able to play and the morning of my set I was really sick I had a, a fever and uh, I felt like staying in bed but the the excitement and the desire and the refusal to to not meet my commitment meant that I was in there DJing with a lemsip. <laughs> a lot of people were drinking and I played uh, the full set and a little bit later. Excellent. So that was a good start. <laughs> um, and throughout your DJ career, mm-hmm. I, you know, this has to have happened, but can you tell us about any particular bad experience you might have had? Bad experiences of playing out. Well, I did have one occasion playing in a church and the vibe just wasn't quite right. (laughs) Maybe the acoustics were fine, but the crowd wasn't quite in the right mood and I was really far back from everybody, so I couldn't really connect. That's as bad as it's been, really. It's generally pretty pretty much fun in games. Um, So looking forward now, what do you see in the near future for DJs in terms of technology and well, technology is something you have to keep up to date with if you want to keep pushing your game and pushing the envelope a little bit. But everyone has their own style. I think there's a lot of people who've been around from the early days who are still going, and you'll see that they started out with vinyl, and they've moved to CDJs, and then they moved right on to, to MP3 and, and digital turntables, like uh, I expect we're going to use today. Yeah. Um, so I, I expect... DJs to keep their finger on that and to keep embracing new technologies and using it in their sets. I'm thinking of incorporating something called stems, which is different little tracks of vocal or drums or bass line that you can put in over another song and sort of do slightly remixing on the fly. It's not the best term, but it's close to, to what it would be, like a live uh, extra channel running through. I, I might use that more and more. <laughs> when I want to show off. Excellent. Um, do you predict any changes in terms of the human element of DJing? As in, will it be so computerised that you don't need a human anymore? Or is there always going to be someone there? There's always going to be someone there. I think if you look at Daft Punk and their robot performances, it's just the helmet on top, <laughs> there's somebody inside. and. Um, Technology does mean like YouTube has automatic suggestions. If you like one song, it'll come up with the next, which is going to replace radio. But people still need a host, and people still need someone controlling what's behind the technology. Okay. So I think we're, we're safe for a few years yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, that's fantastic. We've got a set of what we classified as quick fire round questions, but... Mm-hmm. The how how speed, we do this time? The speed of other people has been sort of the same speed as the other questions. So <laughs> ignore the idea of quick fire. Just we'll just say they're um, interesting questions, which okay. are a bit more off the wall, should we say? Right. So I'll expect all, I'll expect the unexpected. Yeah, exactly. Either you can 
become more uptight now and more relaxed, depending on which way you want to go. <laughs> okay. um, so go. on a scale of one to two, mm-hmm. one to ten, <laughs> how weird are you? How weird am I? Okay. Uh, so five is middle weirdness? Yes, we'll say ten is the maximum weirdness. Ten is Captain Fantastic. Okay. So I would probably place myself around a seven, maybe an eight. Let's say 7.5. <laughs> That's pretty weird. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Is there any particular reason for that level of weirdness? Um, it's, it's subjective, isn't it? My idea of normal <laughs> seems to be weird to a lot of people. <laughs> and their idea of normal is weird to me. So. <laughs> Excellent. Well said. Um, so, would you survive in a zombie apocalypse? And if so, how? Well, let's hope I never have to, but what would I do to survive a zombie apocalypse? I would bring my laptop, <laughs> bring a solar charger, and get deep down underground. Lock myself in with some supplies, some good music, some beers, some friends, and we'll just sort of ride it out. <laughs> Wait for them all to, to eat each other, or just let it pass. Excellent, very logical, I like that. Um, <clears throat> what would someone who doesn't like you say about you? Who doesn't like me? Mm. They'd say they don't like me. <laughs> um, but why would they say that? I suppose you can't please everyone. So maybe, maybe their tastes are very specific in music and I'm not willing to, to satisfy their thrash metal <laughs> urges at that moment. <laughs> that's, that's entirely possible. Yeah, understood. Um, here's another interesting one for you. What's something you're really not good at? I'm not very good at drawing. And I'm not a great swimmer. So, I wear a life vest. And I, I look for the lifeguards in bikinis <laughs> and shorts. <laughs> but yeah, not a great swimmer. I'm sure we've seen you swim before in that. It'd be for swimming pools. Oh yeah, you've you seen me splashing. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it was pretty, pretty uh, shallow there. <laughs> I literally can't remember that. Um, so this one, what is your ideal sandwich? A club sandwich, obviously. <laughs> and it'd have to be nice, juicy chicken, <laughs> crispy bacon, plenty of salad. Is there a story behind it? I feel like there should be a story. Well, club sandwich, just, just uh, the just DJ in a club. Like <laughs> it, you know, it's a good joke when you have to explain it. And <laughs> um, what, uh, what's the, uh, the format of the bread? Is it, it has to be a complete package. Or are you just using, like, um, sliced? Toasted. Okay. Nicely toasted. Okay. Nice. Okay, fantastic. Your last question. Mm-hmm. And then you can relax and mix for us. Do uh, what I is, usually do. <laughs> is interview. You're DJing at the end of the world party, as in okay. the world is about to end. Mm-hmm. What track do you choose for the last track? Huh. If it's only one track at the end of the world, I would play Silver Screen. And it would be the Jacques Lucan remix. <laughs> I think it's Miss Kitten, the original. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's just got that whole epic build-up, moving through one style to the other, a bit of panic, and then a nice gentle finish. 
I couldn't find it uh, on vinyl back in the day. I had to run into the DJ booth during Jacques Lecomte's DJ set in Turnmills and wait for my moment and just ask him where I would get it. And he actually pulled out the CD with his writing and said, here you go, mate, enjoy it. Hope it brings you um, some good times and that's yeah, what it's done. Yeah, yeah. It's so that, that will be coming back out again yeah. <laughs> at the end of the world. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you, Billy Gonzalez. You have been a star, as always. And um, thank you for having me. Look forward to your set coming up now. Great, me too. Cheers. Storm DJ's live mixes.
can see through this and see what's behind. Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying. But I'm only human after all. I'm only human after all. Don't put your blame on me. Don't put your blame on me. Take a look in the mirror. And what do you see? Do you see it clearer or are you deceived? And what you believe? Cause I'm only human after all. And you're only human after all. Don't put the blame on me. Don't put your blame on me. Cause I'm only human after all. And you're only human after all. Don't put the blame on me. Don't put your blame on me. Cause I'm only human after all. And you're only human after all. Don't put the blame on me. Don't put your blame on me. Waiting for the stars to align. 
everyone understands.
DJ's Podcast. 